Welcome to Building Charleston, a podcast where we shine a bright light on the dynamic companies changing the landscape of Charleston, South Carolina. My name is Matt Chapdelaine, and as your host each week, I'll be bringing you the most interesting business owners in the Lowcountry. We'll explore how they got to where they are, what they're working on, and what their vision is for the future of Charleston. Thank you for being here. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. This episode of Building Charleston is brought to you by Lane Commercial Real Estate, the Low Country's premier commercial real estate brokerage firm focused exclusively on representing Charleston's office, retail, and industrial tenants. If you're responsible for your company's real estate needs and your company is expanding, downsizing, looking to open a new location, or opening the first office in the Charleston area, give us a call at 843-508-3038 or go to our website at www.lanecre.com. That's L-A-I-N-E-C-R-E.com. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Building Charleston podcast, the podcast where we take a moment each week to meet the leaders changing the landscape of Charleston, South Carolina. My name is Matt Chapdelaine. I am the host of Building Charleston and the broker in charge at Lane Commercial Real Estate, the Low Country's premier commercial real estate company representing Charleston's office, industrial, and retail tenants with their commercial leases. We're recording this podcast on May 17th, 2019, and we're recording today from the offices of CHS Today on North Meeting Street. The topic of today's episode captures two items that are really interesting, digital content and real estate. The Building Charleston podcast looks to blend exciting businesses with a spoken story, and today's guest, CHS Today, blends the written word with topics designed to engage local dialogue and events and developments that are important to those in the low country. Most refreshing of all, in my opinion, all they, they do all of this with a very positive and serious approach. They focus on the best of what's going on in the low country while limiting a lot of the negative aspects that tend to creep into the online dialogue these days. Today's guests represent one of the most powerful voices in low country on life and real estate. I am pleased to welcome Jen Ash- Ashley and Justin Polkowski from CHS Today to the Building Charleston podcast. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Glad to be here. Very good to have you. Jen and Justine, if you wouldn't mind taking a minute, tell us a little bit about your backgrounds and, and how you got here. Sure thing. Well, I'll go first. So my name is Jen. I'm 27 years old, born and raised in Columbia, South Carolina. I moved on here shortly after college to pursue a career in broadcast journalism. So I work for a local station here. Uh, worked for another local station in Charlotte for a little while. Got a little fatigued with all of the sad and depressing news that we were covering. I really, really missed Charleston, which had quickly become my what felt like home. So I moved out back down here and was just looking for something that combined everything I loved about working in local news, but without kind of the heartbreak of some of the stuff that is covered by more traditional outlets. And I really lucked out. Charleston today was being launched around the same time that I moved back. And I found, I met with the guys at 6am who are a parent company and uh, spoke with them a lot about it and was able to get on board as a producer here for that. Been here ever since. Very cool. What about you, Justine? Yeah, so my name is Justine. My background's a little bit different from Jen. I actually went to school for English and then went into higher education. So I got my master's of science in higher education. 
I worked as an academic advisor and an assistant registrar for many years. And prior to CHS today, I came from the Citadel. When I was at the Citadel, I felt like I was missing that creative aspect in my profession. So I did a lot of side blogging and freelance writing. And then one day I just came across CHS today on Facebook and I noticed that they hadn't launched yet and it said coming soon. So I sent a message, asked if they were hiring and it just kind of all fell into place shortly after Jen was hired. So after that, I started a little bit after we launched, we launched in February. I think I started in March. And how long have you been at this location on Meeting Street? So we've been here just over a month. We were over at the Harbor Entrepreneur Center before, which sure. is right by workshop or was. And that was really cool because that offered a lot of engagement with kind of the movers and shakers of Charleston. Uh, got to meet a lot of really great people. We kind of outgrew our little co-working space that we had there. So now we've set up shop in kind of a more a space that's a little bigger and a little more conducive to our product and our business, which has grown since we first launched. So this is where we are now. Very cool. Charleston Business on the Rise. You know, I alluded to a little bit in the beginning the positive element that CHS today has. Tell us a little bit more about the vision and the background of the platform that you see CHS today being. So as Jen mentioned, um, when she came from news, she was a little tired of the negativity that is often portrayed on traditional outlets. And CHS today and um, our parent company, 6AM City, we do a really good job of fulfilling our mission of relaying important news to the community in a positive light. So we don't cover anything that is crime and punishment unless there was something that was very important to our readers, like a natural disaster that we had to cover that impacts our daily lives. We may touch on that, but otherwise we like to share new restaurant openings, what's happening with the developments and events going around around the community to help our readers wake up every day with some good positive things to look forward to on their daily commute or later in the week, later in the month. And even when we do touch on subjects that might not be all rainbows and butterflies, we're definitely not going to whitewash everything and make it sound like something's positive if it's not. More mm-hmm. so, we're solutions-oriented. And we try to apply that with every single thing we cover. So maybe there's a development that not everyone's super excited about or something along those lines. We're going to cover it, but one, we're going to cover it in a solutions-oriented way. So we're not going to sit there and whine about it and commiserate. As tempting as it may be sometimes, we're going to say, here's what you can do, and here are the good sides to it, here are the bad sides to it. And more importantly, here's how you can get engaged and involved and really kind of arming our readers with the the feel, the knowledge to be able to kind of take action and really engage with their community to create the change that they want to see. Okay, so given all that, what's the profile of the CHS Today reader? What do they look like? Who are you talking about? mouthful to say. So. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't always roll off the tongue. So. Yeah, and to clarify, some people um, referred to us as Charleston today too, so we do kind of go back and forth between the two names. So... What's really cool, um, 6 a.m. has markets right now in six cities, and what's really unique about the Charleston market is we have a very diverse audience. So we have people here who are locals, we have newcomers, we have travelers that are coming from other cities, people that are retired, we have young professionals. So while our demographic for our readers tends to be um, people in, I would say, maybe their 40s, a lot of women, a lot of moms, we do have a really diverse group of readers. We have a very large population of senior citizens, which we learned they like to see things for them too. So um, we try to cater to a, a very wide audience range. Okay. And are your subscribers just in the Charleston area or do you have subscribers who are outside the Charleston area? We've even had a couple email us and say that they live in Canada on a vacation here every summer. So while our audience is primarily right here in Charleston, we have people from all over, whether 
they just love Charleston, visited here once and want to stay plugged in, or they're thinking about moving here, retiring here, they have a child at CFC or one of the other colleges or universities here, or you know, they just live in South Carolina and want to stay in and know about everything happening in the region. All kinds of people. Very interesting. So you are supported by your advertisers. If I was an advertiser who was looking to work with your company, why would I reach out to someone like CHS today? So what kind of sets us apart is that we have a really engaged audience. I know I'm going to use the word engagement a lot. I mean it as much more than just a buzzword because that's kind of our, our MO here is engaging people. So when you're reading, like I said, we're not just kind of spitting the facts at you and it's not a one-way street. It's a two-way street. You can hit reply on any email you receive from us and it's going to go to Justine and myself. We're going to respond to it. And so that kind of carries over to our advertising, just like we're asking people to engage with the stories and events and news that we're sharing with them. They also have that opportunity to kind of engage with our partners and our advertisers that, you know, are shared within the newsletter. Beyond that, we have a very, very loyal and dedicated following of readers. If some of them, the first thing they do, the email goes out at 6 a.m., they roll out of bed and they immediately look at their inbox to see our email in there. If for some reason one day they couldn't find it, maybe it went to you know a spam folder or something like that, mm-hmm. we'll hear from them right away and they'll panic. Oh, where's my email? It's going out today. What happened? <laughs> so that's really cool to have such a dedicated and, and loyal follower following who feels like they know us and we feel like we know them. And I feel like that really helps in terms of the partnerships and sponsors we're sharing with them because there's this kind of custom, personalized, and involved aspect to what we're sharing. And when it comes to the digital displays for our advertising, we the way that we advertise with our partners, it flows into our newsletter. So it flows into whatever we're talking about that day. So our readers are not going to be shocked when they see something and then realize it's an advertisement. We use specific language and work with specific partners that help share information that is also pertinent to our readers that they want to know that they care about. And like we cater to a wide range of an audience for our readers, we have a wide range of options for advertisers from large packages to like small little events for a small mom and pop business to share. So it's really diverse in terms of who's reading it and who's able to advertise with us. Very cool. You are both very skilled at social media. I wanted to ask a couple of questions or a series of questions on media and just how it's evolving, how it's changing. So my first question is, how is media changing? Is it blogs? Is it emails? Is it podcasts, videos? What do you see that's dynamically changing in terms of online content that's out there? Well, primarily, I think that just the way people get their news and information these days is constantly evolving and doing it very quickly. You know, like I said, I used to work in TV news, and when I worked there, none of my peers watched my show. And, you know, I didn't really take offense to it. They weren't turning on their news anymore. That's not part of their daily lifestyle. Mm -hmm. For me, what I think is really cool about email is that's really the common thread that everyone shares. You know, even someone who is 75 years old, they know how to check their email. Maybe they don't understand Instagram or Twitter, but they check their email. A 22-year-old who's fresh out of college, maybe they're not getting the paper delivered to their doorstep, and maybe they're not turning on cable TV to catch a broadcast, but they are checking their email. So we're really able to reach so many different types of people that kind of the more traditional mediums cannot. Another way we do it in a really skimmable format, because people aren't paying as much attention these days. People are more on the go. So we deliver them to them in a really fast-paced way. Beyond that, it's really 
cool to see how our following is kind of different based on our different platforms. So we try to get as many people as possible to our email newsletter because that is our primary product. We do have a presence on Instagram. We have a particular audience there. More visitors, a lot of more younger people, and some of them are using our Instagram handle as their way of finding news. Like Mm -hmm. what we share on our Instagram page in terms of news, openings, closings, events, that's how people find out what's going on. Same with Facebook. There's a different audience there. They're a little bit older for the most part than our Instagram audience, but you have a variety of people there and the type of content they're interested interested in seeing is even kind of different than the content we're seeing on Instagram and our emails. So what's really interesting is that it is changing so quickly and we're just, you know, we're watching it happen. We're rolling with the punches, you know, as we see things kind of change and things happen, we're ready to kind of hit the ground running and embracing those changes and just following the trends of the way people consume news. As media and news continues to evolve, um, the one thing I think that stays constant is people are going to trust their family and their friends. There's all that hype about fake news, and you never really know if what you're reading could be true. But the good thing about having all these digital platforms, like Jen said, whether it's email, which is our primary communication platform, or Instagram or Facebook, every single outlet has a way for people to share with others. And we have a lot of people forward our email saying, hey, look at this article. You want to see this? They share it on Facebook. They share it on their Instagram stories. And I think that's really powerful to have news, not just feeding into people from a TV screen anymore, but having friends and family be able to share what they think their child or mother or friend might be interested in just with that little button on every platform, making it so shareable. You mentioned before that person who wakes up and they don't see that email in their inbox and they start freaking out. Obviously, getting your content out on a regular basis so that people who rely on it can have it. What's the hardest part about getting a newsletter out five times a week? I think just all of the other little things that can pop up throughout the day and trying to stay relevant and know that whatever we are writing today, we're always working one day ahead. So right now we're writing Monday's newsletter and just we have to keep our finger on the pulse all weekend to observe whether anything new is happening, uh, anything breaks that is worth adding into that to the newsletter over the weekend so that we can build that trust with our audience so they know that when they open that email, it's the most up-to-date, relevant information. And I think that definitely can be tricky when you are working a day ahead, but for the most part, we do a pretty pretty good job. (laughs) It's inconsistent. Some days we have nothing to share. We're like, there has to be more news going on. Who's got something to give us? And other days, there's so much, and we have to try to condense it and pick out what is going to be the most valuable for our readers. You know, there could be 10 different restaurants opening a day, and we're like, well, how do we share everything with everybody? So that inconsistency can sometimes be challenging, but that's also what keeps it exciting. It keeps us on our toes. And we always respond to reader feedback, and especially because there are two of us and we're not working with the same resources as maybe another news outlet. It really comes down to trying to select what has the most reader value, what story or stories are going to have the most impact on the largest number of our readers. So what really is beneficial there is having that uh, two-way relationship with our readers to be able to learn from them, oh, hey, I liked this, or hey, I didn't like this. For instance, you know, we've had a few readers reach out to us saying, thanks for sharing this restaurant opening. I wouldn't have known of it otherwise, or maybe I drove by it. I was wondering what was going to go there. I saw it in your newsletter. My family and I ate there last night, and we loved it. And so that kind of stuff is crucial to us because, you know, for instance, I got that email, and I was like, 
okay, so our readers like to see restaurant openings. So I'm going to share tomorrow a list of all of the upcoming openings that we're aware of in the Charleston area because that's what our readers care about. So really learning from them every day. And we like to consider ourselves kind of a team of 30,000 people versus two because really between the two of us, we would be nothing if we didn't have kind of the help from our readers to help, you know, share news tips with us or feedback in general. Well, that's a great transition or a pivot point to go from the current set of questions, which is on medium to a set of fun questions as to the real estate and some of the things that exciting that you see, you give a voice to those looking to comment on our built world. What is a project or a restaurant or something that has you really excited right now? So one thing that I'm really excited about is the renovations happening at Garco Mill in North Charleston in Park Circle. Over a year ago, I had gone over and I live in North Charleston, so I'm very familiar with the area. And I had gone over there and I was trying really hard to figure out what they were doing with it. And I did write a story on what the plans were and they were supposed to be done this summer. And then things kept getting pushed back and getting pushed back. And then just recently, a few weeks ago, it, everything kind of hyped up and now they've got a plan for that space. There's windows going in, there's new signs up, and I'm really excited to see what's going to happen with Garco Mill. Um, so for people that don't know, that's where they used to make space foods for NASA, and now it's going to be office space and co-working spaces. There's going to be a food hall, an outdoor area, and it's really going to be one of those projects that takes a neighborhood that has been struggling for a few years and is just kind of coming around. When the neighborhood was built, when the original factory was built, that was the hub for, for Charleston. And then it kind of fell apart and now it's all coming back together. And I love seeing seeing that revitalization in small communities. Is there a story that you've done or a topic that has been a real lightning rod for you or generated way more uh, content or feedback over the last year or so as opposed to other ones? Kind of going off what you were just talking about, uh, we did a roundup developments that were are projected to open this year. We did that back in January that were kind of on our radar and really anticipated within the community. And that, to date, I think is our most popular article. It generated a ton of feedback. A ton of people were listening. So we're trying to kind of take that and continue to kind of springboard off of that into producing new content and sharing a closer look at those developments plus all of the other developments that are happening. And, you know, what's really cool, again, is I warned you about that engagement element. Mm -hmm. For instance, we were really interested in Old Blaganita's building over on East Bay. When I got down here, I think it was South End Brewery. That changed hands and Lagunitas moved their tap room in there. And everyone was super excited about it. It didn't work out. They left. And since then, it was kind of up in the air what would happen. So we were able to find out and get a first look at what the plans were. It's going to be an event space, but with a restaurant tenant at the bottom. And we were then able to say to our readers, well, what restaurant would you like to see there? What type of restaurant or what chef? And just dozens of responses were received. And what's really cool about that is then we can turn that into new content to share everyone's ideas. And we can take that to the developers themselves and say, hey, here are a bunch of people in Charleston who want to see an Italian restaurant. And, you know, that can be something that they may or may not take into consideration, uh, which is really cool. And we would like to see how, you know, the future will be. I'm super excited to see the potential that we have to influence things mm-hmm. like that and really help out. Um, I look at our sister market in Columbia, Cola today. And they had one of their popular legacy restaurants in the heart of downtown Columbia move out after, I think, decades. And so everyone was really heartbroken 
by that, again, being solution-oriented, Cola jumped to it and said, what would you like to see there next? What restaurant? And they shared it on their Instagram page, and everyone started tagging Home Team Barbecue, the mm-hmm. Charleston-based restaurant. And Home Team moved in. They told them. They actually thanked Cola today, attributed it to them in their reader response. This is why we moved here. We were looking at Charlotte and Greenville as a possible next location, but because so many of your readers said, please come here and please move into this building, we chose Columbia and we moved into that exact building last week they opened. So I'm going to pile on engagement and give you an opportunity to influence. You do get a lot of engagement from your listeners and your readers. What is the one thing that Charleston is missing right now that you hear more often than not? I hear personally Top Golf. Where is Top Golf? Everyone seems to want Top Golf. What, if anything, have you heard that, hey, Charleston is missing? We need to get here. Chinese food. Yeah. <laughs> International food in general. A lot of people want more authentic Asian food. And not Asian fusion, but that, like Jen said, authentic. You yeah. know, we have a lot of great restaurants, but conversely, there are also a lot of readers who would love to see the Cheesecake Factory here. Okay. <laughs> so we're not all about local establishments. There are quite a few people who would love to see that as well as because we have so many transplants here. There are a lot of people who long for those certain chains that they have back at home, which sure. I know not everyone's a fan of, but I mean, hey, yeah. Cheesecake Factory is pretty good. My folks spend uh, a decent amount of time down here and my mother keeps asking me, when am I going to get Italy to move down here? They love it in Chicago. They've been to other locations. They absolutely love Italy. I can make my mom happy. I'll get Italy here. So if you ever hear Italy sniffing around looking to move here or you have a relationship with them, please bring them down here. My mother will be forever thankful. Absolutely. We'll keep tabs on that. (laughs) (laughs) So if I'm listening to this podcast and I want to learn more about CHS today as an advertiser, as someone who wants to engage with your platform, what's the best way for them to do that? First and foremost, subscribe to our newsletter. It's free. There are no strings attached. You know, we're not going to come back after you if you don't open the email every day. But that's really the best way to get, you know, a deep look at what our product is and what we do and how we share news and how it kind of sets us apart from other people. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Go to our website, bcjustoday.com. That'll, you'll get an instant look at the stories that we're covering, the types of events we're sharing, all of those things. And you can always email us, either respond to the newsletter itself when it hits your inbox in the morning, or you can email us hello at bchstoday.com anytime. Like I said, we operate on what we call inbox zero. That means we read and process every single email we receive and we respond to those emails. So if you have questions for us, just ask them directly to us and we would be more than happy to, to answer them. Okay. Final question of the day. I always ask this of the listeners on the podcast or the guests on the podcast. Share with me if you can your vision for Charleston as it continues to grow. So I would think that my vision for Charleston would definitely to keep its traditions and its authenticity while still having room and space to grow and evolve into um, a city that people continue to love to live in and to visit. I would hate to see it go one way or the other. You know, I know some people that are not always fond of all the, the cruise ships and the tourists and stuff, but I think that's a really important balance to have. And I really hope that Charleston continues to find ways to grow and be inclusive of everybody that just wants to enjoy their time. I couldn't agree more. I think that, you know, we all know a few of those hot button issues that Charleston is faced with. We're growing, growing so quickly. Meanwhile, we're 
going underwater. <laughs> got a lot of flooding. We have a lot of visitors here, which means there are a lot of hotel developments which may went over a new, you know, apartment complex or something like that. We don't have a lot of population density on the peninsula because we do have these classic single homes and a lot of cool old buildings that we kind of have to work around, things that give us our character. So really, I think what's important is finding a way to, like Justine said, maintain that character, but also not make it so, oh, we have this beautiful King Street with all of these historic buildings on it, but we have a bunch of national chains and no local presence, and it turns into this. I hear Main Street USA a lot. So being able to maintain that character, but keep it accessible to the people that live here while also catering to all the wonderful visitors we have is definitely going to be key. Oh, and fixing traffic. (laughs) That's a big one. Can't stop without getting that in. Those are all great answers. Thank you very much for being guests today. At this point, I typically wrap up with a built-in Charleston pro tip. And the pro tip for this week is email. I believe it is still one of those powerful tools to connect with your customers and your potential customers. It may not bring a smile to my face like Instagram, but I'm still checking my email like 50 times a day. And my most important content still reaches me there. On a personal level, I was asked to speak at a technology panel about two years ago. And each panelist, when asked what's the most powerful tech tool you use, every single panelist answered email one by one. Social media is powerful, and we're always looking for the next best way to communicate, be it videos, podcasts, social media. But don't overlook the power of well-placed content inside of an email. CHS today has harnessed that power, and they bring value to their customers every day with it. If you like this podcast and you want to hear more, please like the podcast and subscribe. Building Charleston publishes each week, and we have a lot more exciting interviews that are on deck. Also, if you have a question or a comment, or you know someone who should be on the show, please reach out to me. My contact information is in the description. Finally, if you're a business in the low country looking to expand or relocate your business, or if you're listening to us from outside of Charleston and you want to move here, or you're considering move here, please give me a call at 843-508-3038 or email me at the contact information in the description. I am very happy to show you what it takes to grow your business here in the Charleston area. With that, thank you one last time to Jen and Justine from CHS Today. Thank you to our listeners for downloading and tuning in. Go out there, everyone, and make it a great day. This episode of Building Charleston is brought to you by Lane Commercial Real Estate, the Lowcountry's premier commercial real estate brokerage firm focused exclusively on representing Charleston's office, retail, and industrial tenants. If you're responsible for your company's real estate needs and your company is expanding, downsizing, looking to open a new location, or opening the first office in the Charleston area, Give us a call at 843-508-3038 or go to our website at www.lanecre.com. That's L-A-I-N-E-C-R-E.com.